How's it hanging, ladies and folks? I'm Chris R.R. Bowzo, and this is Chris Does Scald. Scald was a weekly, serialized, sword and sorcery podcast written and performed by Aubrey Sitterson. You may know him these days as the esteemed author of such instant classics as the comic book story of professional wrestling, Beef Bros, Stone Master, and or No One Left to Fight. Though of all of his works, in my humble opinion, Scald truly is the only story that matters. It was the only weekly, serialized, sword and sorcery podcast in all of the Sundered Worlds for 160 consecutive weeks. That's three straight years, my guy. From 2015 to 2018, Aubrey dropped a brand new episode every single Tuesday morning without fail. And I didn't even get to the most insane part of it all. Nay, because let me tell you, this man did it all in one single flawless take. If not for Scald, I truly and honestly have no fucking idea what my life would be like right now. I certainly wouldn't be doing a podcast of my own, I'll tell you that much. And so, as homage and as tribute, I stand before you today ready to recite the very words that molded me into the person I am now. This is Chris Does Scald. Maul stood before him, struggling to keep his courage in the presence of that smile, that baring of teeth, that rictus grin, that smile. Breathless from his labors and his sprint through the forest, Maul stood in the clearing, his bare feet digging into the dark soil, his toes subconsciously reaching down, desperate for the contact with the earth that he had been denied for the past decade. Hanging from the world tree, with the sickeningly sweet sap of that great ash his only nourishment, Maul struggled to keep track of the days, the weeks, the months, the years that he had been held against his will. Now, dropping the bag, the sack, that evil satchel at his feet, Maul rubbed his hands together, thick fingers working in vain to wash away the evidence stained on his palms. Then sliding down to his wrists, Massaging skin rubbed raw, then smooth, then raw again by ropes so fine they could have only been woven by elven hands. The same elven hands that bound him for what must have been half his life. The same hands that nourished him in his youth, and the same hands that stole him away from his birthright however many years ago his mind spinning from the foreign sensation of freedom, from his roiling anger at what had been taken from him, and most of all, from the magnitude of the heinous act he just saw through to the bitter, bloody end. Maul shook his head sharply, hoping to rattle it all back together into a pattern he could make sense of, desperate for solid ground. There, I've brought you what you asked for. He growled it more than he said it, for though this was once a man who stood in his clearing, 
Maul knew that he had become something else entirely. He spent years bound to that tree. What else could be expected of a man left in isolation with only beasts as companions? Straining against those unbreakable ropes and the mighty branches the elves falsely assumed to be just as unbreakable. The constant struggle for freedom had molded Maul into a thing more beast than man, more weapon than beast, a taut ball of muscles set quivering by a potent mix of rage, anticipation, and guilt. This was a man in an older sense of the word, the true sense. A man that had been through the crucible and come out hardened like steel. A man whose body had weathered countless storms and become tough like leather. A man who, despite a physical prowess that would be obvious to anyone who laid eyes on him, was in possession of a will left splintered by the savages of imprisonment. When there's no one to struggle with or against, when the mind is left in isolation, it turns on itself. And thus Maul, the last of a proud line of men whose physical strength was matched only by their will, was left torn, damaged, racked by mental anguish. He knew the throne was his. He knew that if he could just but reach his home realm, he would seize it or die trying and be embraced by the inky black void of nothingness that is the reward of all men. But the only way to escape the realm of elves, where he had lived for as long as he could remember, was through him and the brutal, merciless sacrifice that he required. In a quick, fluid motion, he stooped low, his gnarled antlers brushing the ground as he snatched up that evil satchel. The suddenness of it startled Maul, who instinctively reached for the cudgel he wore strapped to his side, his head still stained by gore and chipped by bone, reminders of the sacrifice that he required. Calm yourself, Maul. You've brought me my offering. You've earned my protection. And thus, you have nothing to fear. I fear no man, no elf. No being that draws breath on any of the sundered worlds. He flashed a toothy grin, the one that sent shivers down Maul's spine and seemed to live on even after he'd closed his eyes to block it out. I believe you don't, but I am something else entirely, Maul. Whether the insult was intentional or not, Maul bristled at it snarling, King Maul. Despite the clear danger that came with having the audacity to correct him. But he just laughed again, giving that same irksome smile and beginning to move his hands in subtle but decisive motions. As you wish, my king. Maul, ever suspicious of sorcery, even more so when he depended upon it, did his best to follow the motions of his hands. But like all of his movements, they contained something of the other, something of that dark, 
riotous underneath, and to stare too closely was to invite it within yourself. Maul watched as long as he could, terror gnawing at the very marrow of his bones. Then, shamefully, he looked away, busying himself with the gore that refused to leave his club. As he flicked away a tooth, a link of armor, a bit of bone, he extended his hand, a cold steel goblet balanced in his long, delicate fingers. Drink, he commanded. Though he didn't savor his tone, or the fact that he was being commanded at all, Maul obeyed. What choice did he have? The worst was done. He had done the worst. Now all that remained was for Maul to collect his side of the bargain. Safe passage to the world of men, and the power needed to summon his subjects to the near-forgotten banner of his tribe. Maul closed his eyes and drank. He drank long and deep. The thick, viscous liquid was shockingly cold, but it burned his stomach, congealing in a tight, flaming core that moved outward, traversing the lengths of his extremities until even the tips of his fingers felt like they were on fire. A weight came crashing down on Maul, the suddenness of it forcing him to step back, to adopt a wider stance, a fighter's stance that came easy to a man of his line. His entire body felt weighted, pulled to the ground, but upon looking down, Maul realized that it wasn't his strength failing him. It wasn't even his potion. It was the gleaming plate armor that now covered him from shining head to gleaming toe. The rags he had worn through captivity, through binding, through escape and retribution were gone replaced by a stunning set of plate that shone not as a reflection of light, but from some inner component of its very being. The armor was both protection and proclamation, announcing itself and the man who wears it as a figure of otherworldly authority. Any man who gazes upon your armor will be as dazzled as you are now. But for some, the feeling won't linger. You'll know what to do with them. What shall it be, my king? The sword? The halberd? An axe? A hammer? Maul shook his head and lifted his cudgel slowly. But before he could speak, he just laughed. <laughs> A club, truly. Not exactly the most regal of armaments. No. Then what shall it be? A two-handed broadsword would... No! Again, he flashed that unnerving, knowing smile. Very well. You have much of your ancestors in you. Good and bad alike. Maul didn't know what he was saying, but something within him understood. Enough already! You have your offering and I my armor. Get on with it! Send me home! If only it were that simple, my king. I can move freely between the realms, but the standard passageways are closed to me. My path goes through the underneath. It cuts to the core of all that is known, from whence every realm once sprung forth. To take this path by yourself would be to leave you dead, 
or worse, with a mind more splintered than you have now. I must escort you. Then do it already! There's nothing left for me here! Send me! But before he could finish his command, the world melted around Maul, with him as the only constant. The trees of the forest, the sun in the sky, the dirt on the ground, it all slid away, revealing the precarious network of strings that ties all of reality together. The world was a beautiful curtain, a flaming horror and a desolate pile of ashes all at once, and Maul's eyes welled up with tears at the sight of it. Unable to take in the past, present, and future simultaneously. With madness creeping in, raving nonsense climbing up his throat to his chapped lips, Maul began to shake, knowing and not knowing, feeling and feeling nothing at all, confused but hopelessly aware of the inevitable. When it stopped. Maul's eyes regained focus and once again he stood before him. Winded, Maul collapsed to his knees and only then did he realize what they were standing on. Nothing at all. They flew through a starscape that was blindingly bright, or the starscape flew through them carrying nothing but sucking darkness. It was impossible for Maul to tell. I know this sickens you. It twists your very being. But believe me, I've shielded you from the worst of it. What is it? It's the truth. The truth that lies behind every facet of every realm, every thought that's ever been spoken, every idea that's ever been had, the truth that only my kind can comprehend. He spoke to Maul in a soothing voice, calming the madness that even now Maul felt picking away at the edges of his consciousness. As they traveled, he undid that sickening sack and began to rummage in it hungrily, licking the gore off his long, delicate fingers. Though Maul would never want it back, and there was no one else present, at least nothing Maul could detect, he guarded the bag jealously, lovingly, caressing each piece of viscera. Suddenly, he stopped, and once again that devious smile crept across his lips, but he wasn't showing his teeth in appreciation. They were bared in anger, tips filed to a point, and flashing as brightly as the stars surrounding them. You fool. The barriers to keep the madness out began crumbling around Maul's psyche. He had lost his protection, and without it, the underneath, the colossal truth that is the foundation of all things would crush him utterly. Maul's hand squeezed his temples, trying to force the madness out, but to no avail. No! Please! You fool! You thought to deceive me, the prime deceiver? You were my chosen warrior, my emissary upon the physical planes! I offered you everything, I gave you more than you could accept, and you cheat me of my rightful offering? The sights Maul had seen before were just pretexts, with little more than a dash of the deeper truth in them. What he was confronted with now was something indescribable, something to blast the mind of beings that exist in as few dimensions as man. I couldn't. 
He grew to an unspeakable size, a grotesque representation of life, taller than a mountain, wider than an ocean, his person surrounding, overwhelming, all-encompassing, and yet... Maul could still see every inch, especially that smile, that hateful, sardonic smile. You couldn't go through with your end of the bargain. And why should I be surprised? This mercy, this leniency, it's a weakness, a cancer, a deficiency in your blood. The horrors of his actions, multiplied and amplified, trumpeting out inside his mind, rattling around his cracking skull. Maul's eyes filled with tears that turned to blood and rotted into pus as they streamed down his face, leaving only decay in their wake. Only one! He let out an otherworldly roar that seemed to echo within Maul's chest forcing his heart to stop and his lungs to struggle for breath. All the while, the unfettered essence of the underneath tore through his psyche, carving it up for the slavering denizens of that realm, the ones populating the sides of Maul's vision at an impossible rate. You spared her. Of course you did. It's the same weakness that has always plagued your line and why you were taken away from them so many years ago. Struggling for breath, Maul gasped. Let me go! He was nothing but that smile, and it whispered, Very well. Maul was let loose in the underneath, the dark truth of everything surrounding him, consuming him, devouring him, simultaneously falling and making impact over and over again. Maul tumbled through the void. Without the steadying influence of him, his mind was an unmoored ship in the abyss. As Maul fell, he spit hate and stared bile. He screeched poison and his very thoughts were curved daggers. He stripped Maul of the gleaming armor that had been bestowed upon him. The sign, the proof, the guarantee of his royal heritage and latent power. You have forsaken my service and you have forsaken my gifts. As Maul fell, cloaked in the rags that had been his only clothing during his bound years, he tossed and turned, anything to escape that smile, but everywhere he looked it was waiting for him, glistening, shining. Like all of his tribe, Maul didn't believe he had a soul, but for a brief moment he changed his mind as that smile bit deep into his non-existent soul's throat and thrashed, refusing to let go. After relieving Maul of his armor, he set his eyes on the one thing he hadn't given Maul, his cudgel. He saw it and his eyes flashed, unholy mirrors of that debauched smile. Maul clutched it to his chest as he reached out slowly, fingers curving in the shifting light. Those decadent fingers curled around the ancient, knotted wood, digging into the gnarled bark of the weapon and grasping it tightly. But when he pulled, 
nothing happened. Though he was as big as a god itself, as myriad as the stars in the sky, as powerful as a blazing sun, as persistent as the waves crashing on the rocks, though he exerted every ounce of his considerable powers in, in, in this, a world if not of his making, then surely of his design and of his origin, the cudgel would not budge. For the cudgel was made of sterner stuff than even him. The cudgel had been with Maul for much of his life. The branch to which Maul was bound for more than a decade. A seeming eternity spent tied to a mighty ash tree that could not break. That should not shatter. That would not splinter. But did. Maul's mind filled with memories of the moment of his liberation. After years of constant exertion, the sap of the world tree coursing through his veins, struggling day and night against ropes that were impossibly strong, something had given. The branches that he was tied to broke from the world tree's trunk, and it was with one of those very branches that he had gone on his gruesome errand, and it was the same one that he now clutched to his chest like a man adrift at sea. He looked into Maul's mind as it was his, as everything was, in the coursing underneath, and he saw the truth of the matter. Though the underneath was the seed from which the realm sprang forth, the world tree was the source of that seed, so that even now, separated from the tree itself, this simple branch, this mean club, this unassuming cudgel was the only thing in the underneath that he could not possess, could never possess. Keep your club then, though you'll wish you had a sword to fall on. He screeched, then faded into the underneath, his echoing laughter shattering Maul's eardrums, his tenuous grasp on anything leaking out of his head in the absence of him, who even in his rage had given Maul's surroundings a physical form that his mortal brain could at least attempt to comprehend. This was no longer the case. Colors of unnatural hue flashed before Maul's eyes, purple but without the pink, greens but mostly brown, yellow that looked like a screech in the night. Maul's head spun trying to make sense of what he saw before him, because there was no sense to it. The veil of the physical world had been torn away, and all that was left was the terrible underneath, where his power reigned supreme. Nothing was real, and everything was true. Maul tore at his eyes and plugged up his ears, anything to keep out the madness that surrounded him and seeped in through his pores. Seeking a focal point, but finding no words, Maul gibbered and raved wildly, unable to express the crushing agony of the inexplicable, or even give name to the horrors that made his very bones quaver, crack, and crumble. Drowning in air, burnt by frost, his mind blasted by too much knowledge and with not enough wisdom to parse it, his limbs twisting in unnatural shapes, pulled by forces he couldn't comprehend and in directions he couldn't see, the cudgel his only constant, a simple piece of wood in the rushing currents of the underneath, a lone bastion of physical clarity that would not, could not be submerged by the crashing waves of terror that surrounded Maul. 
Though the cudgel kept his body whole, his mind could not be shielded. And when Maul began to make sense of the underneath, or possibly just lose his mind completely, the exact second that the shards of knowing began to knit themselves together in an inconceivable whole, the precise moment that his mind split into pieces as numerous as the sundered worlds themselves, darkness. Thanks for tuning in to me reading some other guy's story for a half hour. It was certainly a lot different than the typical fare you might find on the Wizard Scroll, but I assure you progress on the next batch of episodes has been steady. If you dig this little retelling of mine, though, I cannot stress enough that the actual series is so worth diving into. In fact, email me and I'll send you the full 160 episode series and all six ebooks. I have it all saved in my Google Drive because this story is just that fucking good. That should be about it for me this time. Be sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I don't really use Twitter, but hey, it's there. And while you're at it, be sure to go check out AubreySitterson.com for links to all his stuff. His projects, his socials, his newsletter, everything. Peep the link in the description and go fucking bananas. Thanks for listening. I'll talk at you next time. Oh, and Aubrey, if you're listening to this, thank you for everything.